Welcome to the Kink Wire, the interventional radiology podcast from SIR Publications. You can learn more on our website, sirweb.org slash kinkedwire. This episode provides audio abstracts of papers published in the May 2023 issue of SIR's Journal of Vascular and Interventional Radiology. You can find the full papers on jvir.org. My name is Romel Noche. Hello, my name is Sarosh Din, and I'm a third-year medical student at William Carey University, College of Osteopathic Medicine. I will be reading the abstract titled, Embolization of the Superior Rectal Arteries versus Closed Hemorrhoidectomy in the Treatment of Hemorrhoidal Disease, a Randomized Clinical Trial by Falsarella and colleagues. Purpose, to compare short-term and medium-term results of superior rectal artery embolization versus surgical hemorrhoidectomy in the treatment of patients with hemorrhoidal disease. Materials and Methods This study was a prospective, randomized clinical trial following 33 patients with symptomatic hemorrhoidal disease grades 2 and 3 who were randomly assigned to two different groups, the superior rectal artery embolization group with 15 patients and closed hemorrhoidectomy surgical group with 14 patients. Four patients were excluded from the analysis. Pain using the visual analog scale and the use of analgesics were evaluated three times daily during the first seven days of the postoperative period. Recurrent symptoms and satisfaction with treatment were also evaluated in the subsequent first, third, sixth, and twelfth months. Results The mean pain during the first bowel movement after the procedure was 6.08 plus or minus 4.41 in the surgery group and zero in the embolization group, with the p value equal to 0.001. The mean use of pain medication was higher in the surgery group, with 28.92 doses versus 2.4 doses, with the p-value less than 0.001. In the embolization group, the most prevalent pre-procedural symptom was bleeding in 14 patients, with complete improvement in 12 patients. Mucus, skin tag, and pruritus were symptoms that showed little improvement in both groups. The frequency of symptoms such as bleeding, pain, prolapse, and pruritus was similar between the groups at 12 months. No severe adverse events were observed in both groups. Conclusions Despite no difference in outcomes, embolization of the superior rectal arteries for the treatment of hemorrhoidal disease showed pain levels lower than those observed after surgical treatment. Hello, my name is Yandri Varela, and I am a third-year medical student at Burrell College of Osteopathic Medicine. I will be reading the abstract titled, Outcomes of Hemorrhoidal Artery Embolization from a Multidisciplinary Outpatient Interventional Center by Bagla and colleagues. Purpose, to evaluate the safety and efficacy of outpatient transarterial embolization for symptomatic refractory internal hemorrhoids. Materials and methods, retrospective analysis of 134 patients consisting of 76 men and 58 women who underwent hemorrhoidal artery embolization for symptomatic internal hemorrhoids between August 2021 and June 2022 was performed. The mean age was 54.9 years, with a mean Gallagher hemorrhoid grade of 2.1. Branches of the superior rectal artery or middle rectal artery supplying the corpus cavernosum recti were embolized with both spherical particles and microcoils. Standard of care evaluations were performed at baseline and the one-month follow-up which included hemorrhoid-related pain on a scale of 0 to 10, hemorrhoid symptom score from 5 to 20, quality of life from 0 to 4, French bleeding score from 0 to 9, and Gallagher hemorrhoid grade from 0 to 4. 
clinical success was defined as improvement of symptoms without additional treatment. Results. Embolization of at least one hemorrhoidal artery was achieved in 133 of the 134 patients. The mean number of superior rectal artery branches embolized per patient was 2.9 plus or minus one. Clinical success was seen in 93% or 124 of 134 patients at the one month follow-up with 10 patients requiring repeat embolization. There were significant improvements in all mean outcomes at one month. Hemorrhoid symptoms score ranged between 11 and 7.8. Hemorrhoid-related pain between 4.1 and 1.3. Quality of life between 2.2 and 0.8. French bleeding score between 4.4 and 2.2. And Gallagher hemorrhoid grade between 2.3 and 1.2. There were no severe adverse events. Conclusions. Hemorrhoidal artery embolization is a safe and effective outpatient treatment for refractory symptomatic internal hemorrhoids in the short term. Hello, my name is Jeremy Brown, and I am a fourth-year medical student at A.T. Still University School of Osteopathic Medicine in Arizona. I will be reading the abstract titled, Safety and Effectiveness of Percutaneous Image-Guided Thermal Ablation of Juxtacardiac Lung Tumors, by Murphy and colleagues. Purpose. To evaluate the safety and effectiveness of percutaneous image-guided thermal ablation for juxtacardiac lung tumors. Materials and Methods This bi-institutional retrospective cohort study included 23 consecutive patients with 30 juxtacardiac lung tumors located less than or equal to 10 millimeters from the pericardium, treated in 28 image-guided thermal ablation sessions between April 2008 and August 2022. The primary outcome was any adverse cardiac event within 90 days after ablation. Secondary outcomes included non-cardiac adverse events, local tumor progression-free survival, and the cumulative incidence of local tumor progression with death as a competing risk. Two tumors treated without curative intent or follow-up imaging were considered in the safety analysis, but not in the progression analysis. Results the median imaging follow-up duration was 22 months with an interquartile range of 10 to 53 months. Primary technical success was achieved in 25 ablations, or 89%. No adverse cardiac events attributable to image-guided thermal ablation occurred. One patient experienced a phrenic nerve injury. The median local tumor progression-free survival duration was 59 months with an interquartile range of 32 to 73 months. At 1, 3, and 5 years, Local tumor progression-free survival was 90%, 74%, and 45%, respectively. At 1, 3, and 5 years, the cumulative incidence of local tumor progression was 4.3%, 11%, and 26%, respectively. Conclusions Image-guided thermal ablation is safe and effective for lung tumors located less than or equal to 10 millimeters from the pericardium. No adverse cardiac events were observed within 90 days after ablation. Hello, my name is Siddhi Hegde, and I'm a research fellow at Massachusetts General Hospital. I'll be reading the abstract titled, Percutaneous CT-Guided Cryoneurolysis of the Intercostal Brachial Nerve for Management of Post-Mastectomy Pain Syndrome, Benazami and colleagues. Purpose, to evaluate the feasibility, safety, and efficacy of the Intercostal Brachial Nerve, or ICBN, cryoneurolysis for pain control in patients with post-mastectomy pain syndrome, or PMPS. Materials and methods. 14 patients with PMPS were prospectively enrolled into this clinical trial after a positive response to a diagnostic CT-guided percutaneous block of the ICBN. 
Participants subsequently underwent CT-guided percutaneous cryoneurolysis of the same nerve and were observed on post-procedure days 10, 90, and 180. Pain scores, quality of life measurements, and global impression of change values were recorded before the procedure and at each follow-up point using established validated outcome instruments. Results. Cryoneurolysis of the ICBN was technically successful in all 14 patients. The mean pain decreased significantly by 2.1 points at 10 days, by 2.4 points at 90 days, and by 2.9 points at 180 days after cryoneurolysis. Pain interference with daily activities decreased significantly by 14.4 points after 10 days, by 16.2 points after 90 days, and by 20.7 points after 180 days. There were no procedure-related complications or adverse events. Conclusions Cryoneurolysis of the ICBN in patients with PMPS was technically feasible and safe and resulted in a significant decrease in post-mastectomy pain for up to six months in the small cohort. Hello, my name is Anna Hu and I am a third-year medical student at the George Washington University School of Medicine and Health Sciences. I will be reading the abstract titled, Design of a High-Flow Catheter Connector to Enhance Fluid Transfer by Kusumano and colleagues. Purpose to compare the performance of a prototype high-flow catheter connector, the lamprey lock, with that of a conventional lure connector. Materials and methods. The lamprey lock was created to eliminate the choke point resulting from lure connections by achieving a cross-sectional area approximately 2.5 times larger than that achieved by a conventional lure connector. A lamprey lock three-way connector was also created by expanding the inner channels of a traditional lure three-way connector and exchanging the male lure connection with a lamprey lock connection. These were tested against unaltered lure and lure three-way connectors to compare flow rates using in vitro models of serous and purulent fluid. Each experimental condition was repeated five times. Results. In the serous model, the mean drainage rate was 4.4 milliliters per second and 3.3 milliliters per second for the lamprey lock and lure connector, respectively. The mean drainage rate was 4.2 milliliters per second and 2.7 milliliters per second for the lamprey lock three-way and lure three-way connector, respectively. In the purulent model, the mean drainage rate was 1.4 milliliters per minute and 0.75 milliliters per minute for the lamprey lock and lure connector, respectively. The mean drainage rate was 1.5 milliliters per minute and 0.74 milliliters per minute for the lamprey lock three-way and lure three-way connector, respectively. All comparisons had a p-value less than 0.001. Conclusions. The proposed high-flow catheter connector, the lamprey lock, demonstrated higher flow rates than those demonstrated by a conventional lure connector in vitro. Hello, my name is Joan Huang, and I'm a third-year medical student at A.T. Seoul University School of Osteopathic Medicine in Arizona. I will be reading the abstract titled, Imaging-Guided De Novo Retrograde Ureteral Axis and Stent Placement Without Cystoscopy in Women by Unal and colleagues. Purpose, to evaluate the feasibility of a new technique for imaging-guided De Novo Retrograde Ureteral Double J Stent Placement Without Cystoscopy in Women. Materials and Methods. 84 women referred for ureteral stent placement between April 2019 and January 2022 were included. In all the patients, the initial attempt for stent placement was performed in a retrograde fashion. Successful ureteral catheterization and double J stent placement were considered as technical success. 
The fluoroscopy time required to catheterize the ureter and that for the entire procedure were recorded. Factors affecting the technical success rate and fluoroscopy time were examined. Results. A total of 108 ureteral stem placement procedures in 84 women with a mean age of 57.5 years were performed. The most common underlying pathologies were cervical and ovarian carcinomas. The most commonly involved segments of the ureter were the lower half and trigone. The technical success rate was 81.5% and it reached 93% in the case of lower half ureteral obstruction. Distorted trigonal anatomy caused by external compression of the bladder wall by a mass was associated with a higher rate of technical failure. The use of ultrasound guidance to guide the sheath to the ureteral orifice allowed for a significant decrease in the fluoroscopy time for ureteral catheterization from 4.6 minutes to 2.26 minutes, and that for the entire procedure from 9.42 minutes to 5.93 minutes. Conclusions Imaging guided de novo retrograde ureteral catheterization and stem placement can be successfully performed in a high percentage of patients within a reasonable fluoroscopy time without the need for cystoscopy in women. We thank everyone who helped with this episode. My name is Ramel Noja, and I was your audio editor for this episode. The research from this episode appears in the May 2023 issue of JVIR, and you can visit jvir.org for the full papers other audio content, and much more.